0: Heavenly Father, I just give you praise, I give you honor. I thank you, Lord God, for this awesome time to spend uh, with each other and with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you desire to show to us, what you want to enlighten in our hearts, what you want to reveal to us, what you want to encourage us in, what you want to strengthen us in, what you want us to see what you want us to behold, what you want us to meditate on, what you want us to feed off of. We thank you, Lord God, that that will be delivered tonight. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for um, the expansion of the kingdom as a result of the word going forth. I thank you, Lord God, for the strengthening of faith as the word goes forth. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for renewing of minds as the word goes forth. I thank you, Lord God, that everything that you desire to happen tonight will take place. Thank you, Lord God, for us having an open heart to clearly see what you see. Thank you, Lord God, for us seeing it from heaven's perspective, from your perspective, for kingdom perspective. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will um, just glory and bask in what you have done And we give you all the praise and the honor in the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Why don't you hug a couple of people and you may be seated. I'm so glad to see you here tonight. Also, I'm so happy for those of you who are streaming. I am excited about what God wants to share tonight and um, I pray that uh, it will have the same or greater impact on you as it had on me as I was thinking about it. It's a message I think that you uh, need to think about often. Uh, It'll help calm you down and understand where you are in your position because we're talking about greater things. We're talking about entering into our greater. We've talked about the hope and expectation that we have of greater things happening in our lives. But we have to understand what has happened on the inside of us and really grasp those things or um, I guess not even increase our knowledge, but our meditation and our uh, steadfastness and um, what God has already done and what his plan was for our lives. Um, So tonight I've titled it to make changes, but anyway, what's in you? That's what, we, that's what I called it, what's in you. So we're going to start off in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5, and we're going to read this uh, in the message translation, please, because I want this to be clear. I read it in several other translations, and I thought, I'm just going to do this, and that way I believe it. we can um, clearly see what Paul is saying in the and what he's trying to get across to us. He says, remember, our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ, the master. All we are is his messengers, errand runners from Jesus for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness, and our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Jesus all bright and beautiful. If you only looked at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in unadorned clay pots of ordinary lives. I believe the King James says this this treasure is in earthen vessels. But uh, the way the um, message says is, is that we carry this precious message around in unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. So Paul is speaking here about a treasure, but he's talking about the message of the gospel. He called it a treasure. He said we carry that in our hearts. We carry this message in earthen vessels. He's talking about the fact that we're just mere men, but we're carrying a message that's so powerful on the inside of us. We're carrying this message that's so powerful on the inside of us. Um, And he talks about this message came to us. He said, we once were in darkness. We all once were in darkness, he says, and without God, you know that scripture said, without God on our side. And it says, then God says, light up the darkness. We all walked in darkness. We all did not know who God was. We didn't know about Jesus Christ. He said, but then he said, light up. One day when you were in church or wherever you were and the Holy Spirit began to tug on your heart, that's when Paul is saying, God said, light up the darkness. You were in darkness, now light up. Just like he did when the earth was created. He says, light be and then light was. He said, light up the darkness. And all of a sudden you made a decision, I got to get born again because you heard the message. And he says, we're carrying this powerful message around. He said, it's, it's grander than we are. It's, it, it's, it's, it's supernatural. It is, it's the power of God. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. He says, and we need to get this message across, and we're not trying to present ourselves as great men of God because we're not. He says, so we don't want you looking at us. We want you to hear. The message that you carry. So we all carry that message. And we got to understand the message of salvation is not just a weak speech. It's not just something telling you, come join our club. But it's a powerful message. And we don't need to take it for granted or be nonchalant about that power that's on the inside of us. He said it's the power of God that brings men into salvation. So when you speak... It's not because you're trying to add somebody necessarily to your church, or you're trying to win them over so you can put a hash mark down. He says, no, this is divine. This is supernatural. This word concerning Christ Jesus caused you to believe in a heaven you've never seen. And how many of you do believe in a heaven you've never seen? You know, that's the power of God because you can talk to some people about heaven and they look at you like, you know, you've got four heads. That's because the light has not come on yet. Glory to God. And so we began to understand, he says, as we began to understand him through Jesus, it was through Jesus that God was giving us an understanding of who he was. And that's why Jesus told one of his disciples when they said, show us the Father. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you don't believe me, believe me for the works. Glory to God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 4, and let's read that out of the New Living Translation. This is what Paul said. Remember, he said, I I, I didn't want to confuse you and make you look at me. He says, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom but in the power of God. He said, "I wasn't trying to entertain you. I wasn't trying to be an intellectual because I needed for you to understand what I was saying." And he said, he said, "And I don't even credit that to myself. He said, "It's the power of God working through me that causes this to happen." I like the way even the amplifier says, and he said it's the, he said, "I didn't come to you in persuasive uh, words of man and man's wisdom. He said, but he's, this is what he said. He said, but as I spoke, it was the Holy Ghost that moved on your, for your most holy emotions and caused you to change. So you understand, it's not the fact that you know 10,000 scriptures. It's not the fact that you can speak well like you hear other people teaching and, and preaching. He said, it's not about that, because it's not about you. He said, as you speak, that treasure on the inside of you will speak. And he said, it's the Holy Ghost that moves on people's emotions and calls them to change. Not not the many scriptures that you spit out. Not how you dress and not how well you talk. Because it's the Holy Ghost that calls men into the kingdom of God. So he said, so I kept it simple. Look at somebody say, keep it simple. We don't want to complicate the word of God and try to make people think that we're more intelligent than what we are or just have all of this intellectual knowledge because that doesn't cause people to change. It's the Holy Ghost riding on those words as simple as they may seem. Oh, I don't know about you. I don't like complex things. I don't like the fact that I may have to look up a hundred words after you get through talking to try to figure out what you said. (laughs) We all have a pastor friend that when he uses such words, he spells the word, then he gives a definition. Y'all laughing. That's Pastor George Matthews. But uh, <laughs> you're going to get me for that, aren't you? But at any rate, but he still want people to understand. So Paul is saying, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff. He said, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Glory to God, so that you trust in the power of God. He goes on to say, yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak with with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden even though he made it for our our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets." He said, "The spirit searches out God and brings us back His deep secrets." He says, "This thing that we're telling you is spiritual. Unspiritual people don't comprehend. They don't understand what we are talking about. No man. Well, the things we say, he said they're spiritual. He says, um, again, they cannot be understood by a natural man. Because God was talking and saying something that seemed crazy. It seemed like, what are you talking about? And this is He's talking about Christ being on the inside of us. Verse 11, he says, No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given you, given to us by the Spirit, using spiritual words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they cannot understand. For they, for they only, excuse me, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. He says, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. And he's talking about unspiritual people. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Christ, he's talking about spiritual things. He said, no one can understand that... Christ moved on the inside of us. That's a big deal. You're telling me that Jesus Christ's spirit lives on the inside of me. It's a big, what? You're telling me the spirit of God, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, lives on the inside of me? What? You're telling me the power that created the heavens and the earth is on the inside of me? What? What? Are you saying that I have access to heaven? What? I mean, people, mere men will look at you and say, you have lost your mind. You believe that the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. You just a man. I don't see anything different about you. You look the same. You go through the same struggles. You, You look like me. But the thing of it is, is I'm not like you. Because something happened on the inside of me. (laughs) And it's like, who would have ever believed? That's what he's talking about, the mystery of Christ being on the inside of us. Who would have believed that would have been God's plan? God's plan to save man. Who would have believed his plan to save man was to put himself on the inside of us? Who would have ever believed that's what it was going to be? I mean, that's why it was a struggle for the Jewish people because in their mind, Jesus is going to come, they're going to set up this army, they're going to defeat natural man, and then they're going to rule again. And God was talking about a higher rulership. He was talking about a higher reign. So he was told, that's why it was such a mystery. They was like, what? Was that the plan? That you was going to put your holiness on the inside of me? The great I am is on the inside of me? What? He said that was the mystery. Nobody knew that that was going to be the plan. And that could only happen if Jesus Christ died and forgave us of all of our sin or took our place for our sin. That's the only way God can get that done. That's why I said, had they known that it would cause our victory, they would have never crucified Jesus. Because they didn't want another person walking around on this earth in flesh and blood, having the power of God on the inside of them. They didn't want another Jesus walking around saying, let there be. They didn't want another Jesus laying hands on the sick. They didn't want another Jesus sending the word to heal. They didn't want another Jesus opening blind eyes. They didn't want another Jesus causing a man, the Bible says, a lunatic to come back to himself. They they did not want us to be here. And that's why it was such a mystery. They were trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Demons trying to figure it out. And they did not know. And sometimes we really don't know what happened. And that's why we can't take full advantage of it because we don't really think about how awesome that is, how great that is. How all the things that God strategically did to get that happen. how it looked like it wasn't going to happen, how Satan thought he could go up to God and accuse people. See, you know, he's still up there accusing us because he hadn't gotten with the program. More, More than anything, he knows that a lot of us hadn't gotten with the program. So he accuses us and then believes that he has a right to inflict sickness and disease on us, has the right to keep us in poverty, has the, he believes he has the right. And unless you know what happens, he takes the right. Oh my God. So we have to understand there's a treasure on the inside of us. We gotta understand that this treasure, this message, we gotta get it out to others. We gotta tell others concerning this, concerning the fact that God wants to occupy you. Not just walk beside you, but occupy you. And he says, the only way you understand this is you gotta understand that you have the mind of Christ. You have, look at somebody say, you have the mind of Christ. It's living on the inside of you. God's thoughts. He says that the Holy Ghost searches the secrets, the deep things of God. He brings them back and relays them to us. We have got to believe that's the way it operates. Not just know it, but believe it. We got to believe we can hear from God because Jesus said we can hear from God. We got everything we need to hear from him. Amen. Glory to God, the deep secrets When I think about it, when I think about what Pastor Brian said about God's gonna give us uncommon strategies for victory this year. What do you think they gonna come from? This is not gonna come from your thinking. Sure. We already been thinking and planning, and proposing, and checking out. He's like, no, this time, believe that I'm in you. Believe that I'm talking to you. Believe that whatever you ask for, Holy Spirit is interceding. Book of Romans, he said, the Holy Spirit searches out the deep things of God. And see, I get visuals. I, get, I ask a question. Holy Ghost goes to God, starts searching around in the spirit and in the mind of God. Then he comes back with an answer. <sighs> Hallelujah. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. I need for somebody in here to be excited about what God has done. You know, sometimes, sometimes it seems so simple that we just, we just glaze over it looking for the difficult. We just think God has got to be deep. Well, he's not deep. God wanted to keep it simple for us. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Ephesians, you're going to like this. Ephesians chapter three. Let's start at verse six, and this is still in the New Living Translations. This is why Paul said, he said, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. You hear that? The endless treasures. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use, listen to this, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church. Was to use the church, not the building, but use the church. We are the church. He said, I'm gonna use you, the church, to display his wisdom in its rich variety and all the unseen, to excuse me, to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. He said, I'm gonna use you. I'm going to use you to display my wisdom to stuff you can't see. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness. He said, I'm going to use you. Look at somebody and say, he's going to use me. He is going to use me. I like. I think it's the King James that says manifold wisdom. He's going to use the church to show, his, show how smart. He is. God's going to use us to show how smart he is. Us. To show how smart he is. He's and, and he's specific. He says he's going to use the church. And he says to show unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. You know, you, you sometimes or we sometimes think man is our enemy. He says, no, the enemy of those principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness, he said, they use people, but they really are the enemy. He said, but I'm going to use you to show how smart yeah. I really am. I'm going to put me on the inside of you because we all know that nobody is smarter than God. Yeah. Nobody has wisdom like God. Uh, that's why he said when you ask for wisdom I'll give it to you I got a point to prove through you that I'm wiser I'm smarter (laughs) I'm going to get it done through you look at somebody say God's going to get it done through me yes yes amen So you're not trusting God for your healing just so you can be healed. God said, I need to prove something. Yeah. Yeah. God's not saying, you know, I, I want to increase you and multiply just so you can just go around impressing your, your, your human friends. God said, I got a better point to prove than that. There's <laughs> some stuff going on that I... De- I'm telling you, I get excited. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. God's going to use me. <sighs> it says, this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials. This is Paul talking about some things he's going through. He said, I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Paul is, he's like, listen, get the message Verse 14, he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Yes. That's a mouthful. Paul said, when I think about what God did, he said, I get down on my knees and I begin to pray for all of you. I began to pray for all of you that from God's glorious, unlimited resources. Ah, don't this make you feel just, woo? Breathe them in. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his strength, uh, through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you. This is Paul praying. I mean, he is on his knees, and I'm telling you, Paul doing some praying. He says, may you experience the love of Christ Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory be to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. At work in us. My power at work in you. The power of God working in us. Proven a point. He says, I, I, I have to back up, because he says, because he want our roots. Look where he said, he want our roots. Deep in his love. Yes. See, we want to be yes. deep in scripture. He said, no, you need to be deep in my love. You need, to, you, need to, you need to set yourself, dig some roots, and find out how much I love you. This is how much I love you. I planned all this for you. I hid all this. For you, so I can put myself on the inside of you. He said, Get deep in my love. And I know, I know, I know we like to sing about how we love Jesus. And yes, that should be a response to his great love towards us. Not our love because we're trying to get him to do something. Our love for him because of all he's done for us. You know, we need to be saying, God, show me your love. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Let's read 20 again. He says, "Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish to excuse me, accomplish infinitely more than we can than we might ask or think." More than we might ask or think. He said, I want to accomplish something in you. I want to accomplish something in you that will prove my love towards you. See, because this is, this is a great proof that God loves us, that he'd go through all of this, hiding this secret, giving little hints to it here and there, and bring us to this point, Christ in us. The hope of glory. Yes. 21 says, Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Verse 21, he hid it and he did it in a way that you didn't have to be the greatest intellectual to understand what he was doing. Verse 21, he says, since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Now I wanna read this to you out of another translation. He says, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. The foolishness of what was preached. Christ in you? Foolish. God ain't on the inside of you. When you say, yeah, God told me foolish. God ain't talking to you. When you say that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, foolishness, foolishness. He said, yeah. He said, but that's how I'm going to do it. So it won't be a human thing. It's all going to be me. It's all going to be God. Let's look at, um, well, we'll keep reading. Verse 21, he says, since God and his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. And he's talking about the message concerning Christ. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for a sign, signs from heaven, and it's foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say, all, this is all nonsense. But those called by God to salvation, say, that's me. That's me. All those who are called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. Wisdom of God. He said, this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest human plans. God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, are powerful or wealthy. When God called you, instead God chose things the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. See, when when we're hearing from God, and we're doing this God's way, it may look foolish to people. The stuff we say looks foolish, it don't look right to the outside world. The way we think doesn't, and let me say this, we're not weird people. We just see from a different perspective. We're not crazy, and we're not oddballs, so stop calling yourself that. I'm just different. I won't go there tonight, okay. He says, instead, God chose things that the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise, and he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in his presence. Amen. Let's go to Colossians Chapter 2 and verse 14. And we're going to read that out of the Amplified. He says, And you who were dead in trespasses, I'm reading 14, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sensuality, your sinful carnal nature, God brought to life together with Christ having freely forgiven us all our transgression, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note or the bond with its legal decrees and demands, which was enforced and stood against us, hostile to us. This note... With its regulation, decrees, and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of the way by nailing it to his cross. He was like, Y'all had a debt. Every man had a debt. The handwriting was on the wall. You know what that means. You know you do. Handwriting is already on the wall. Listen, you already have broke all kinds of commandments. You done already did all kinds of stuff you ought not to do. Uh, just by you just being born, you just wrong. Guilty already. He said the handwriting was on the wall. I mean, everybody deserved to die. Everybody deserved to go to hell. Everybody. Look at somebody say, everybody. Everybody. I don't care how good you were, how smart you were, how intelligent you were. He says, no, the handwriting was on the wall and you were headed to hell. Everybody was. He said, the "The note. Y'all know what a note is. You know, like your house note, your car payment. He said... You were in debt? Somebody said, I'm up in debt up to my eyeballs. They did know it was over. We were in debt. We were covered in it. He said it had all kinds of demands. You know, people can t- make demands on you when you owe them. They can torture you when you owe them. They don't have to be nice to you when you owe them. They can be very demanding. Have y'all ever talked to someone you owe and they just was nasty, no matter how nice you were? It was like, I'm pulling a trump card. Yes, I'm gonna put you out tomorrow. I don't know if they did it here, but in Atlanta, not I'm gonna put you out. I put you out while you were at work and all your stuff is outside on the street. Because you didn't pay. He said with all its demands and decrees and clearly we couldn't keep all that stuff up. He said Jesus came along and he nailed that stuff to the cross. He nailed that note to the cross and he stamped it paid in full. Paid in full. And he did it out in the open when he died on the cross. And he rose again. They talked about the temple. The curtain in the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom. Oh, something happened that day. Oh, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Sometimes we kind of quiet about some stuff. But you know, even when the Holy Ghost showed up, it was noisy. Everybody heard. Everybody knew something had happened that day. They may not have understood what happened, but it got dark and something was a happening. And it wasn't the regular, let's go crucify a couple of people. God, Christ, all the time He was there, was nailing it to the cross. Every note, every debt. He's nailed, and out in the open, praise God, out in the open. And this is what he said happened when he nailed it to the cross. He said, God disarmed the principalities and the powers that were ranged ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it the cross. He said a victory was won that day. A note was paid that day. Let's put it this way, all notes were paid that day. (laughs) So therefore, we have a right to come boldly before the throne of grace. We have a right to expect to be healed. That note was paid. We have a right to believe that God will prosper us and increase us and multiply us, why? Because that poor note was paid. We have a right to believe that God will give us wisdom and won't keep us in the dark because that note of hiding things was paid. That's why it kind of used to kind of disturb me when people were talking about how mysterious God was and he moves in mysterious ways. Then how am I supposed to get to know him if he's so mysterious and It's almost like he was sneaking around and hiding. And and when I wanted to talk to him, I didn't know whether he was gonna show up or not. And, And then if I did talk to him, he worked in so many mysterious ways, I didn't know what he was gonna do. I didn't know how it was gonna come out. How many of you like going places you don't know what's gonna happen? And, and I, I don't think they meant for it to come out that way. But when it started to be in, you know, he worked in mysterious ways. And I guess it was like, try not to try to understand how he's going to do it. But when it was translated, it was kind of like uneasy. God, I ask you to help me, but I don't know whether you're going to do it or not. And you work in those mysterious ways. So I don't really know mysterious ways. I mean, am I going to keep my marriage or not going to keep my marriage? It's mysterious ways. So I don't. I don't know what this is going to be. How many of you, mysterious? maybe that was a Deborah thing. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that God wanted to make this as simple as possible. And he wants us to understand what actually happened to cause us to have a different perspective and a different mindset so that we won't just glaze over the cross. We won't just glaze over the resurrection. We won't glaze over the fact that he was beaten. We won't glaze over the fact that God lives on the inside of us. We won't glaze over the fact that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. We won't glaze over the fact that Jesus said that I have already dis- disarmed principalities and powers and rules. He said, I've already disarmed those things in spiritual realms that come and try to test you. They show up, but you've got to understand what actually took place and that you have the victory because I've already won the victory for you. So maintain your victory. Fight for your freedom. You know, when people fight for their freedom, they're already free, but they're still fighting to keep it. Are you all understanding what I'm saying? And that's why he tells us to labor, to enter into his rest. Labor means work. I like how Pastor Lamar uh, shared with us on last Wednesday about my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. We just kind of threw our own mind into it and decided that means I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> and then when you heard grace, he was like, "I now I really know I don't have to do nothing because Jesus did it all. <laughs> he did do it all. We see this clearly that he said he took care, he triumphed over principalities and powers, but do they still come knocking on your door? So we we have to labor. What does labor mean? Labor means to remind yourself. Labor means to encourage yourself. Labor means to sing songs and spiritual songs to each other. And to yourself, labor means to keep the word of God in front of you. And when I speak of the word of God, I'm speaking the word. I'm talking about the word concerning God, who he is, how he operates, what he thinks, what he perceives, how he see it. That's why it's good sometimes to ask God, how do you... See this? What's your perspective on this? Because your perspective is going to be the right perspective. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, again, we have to understand what's in you. What happened? Oh, man. God set us up in a place of victory. And sometimes some battles may last a little longer than others, but understand, the devil is defeated. Jesus said that I came to destroy the works of the enemy. I came to destroy the works of the enemy.